Well, this morning, uh, Ken has asked me to come and do a topic for the elders to you. We are on a mission, and so you'll find an outline in your bulletin. you also find another um, insert there that has a mission and vision statement on it from the elders. But today is not a typical Sunday for us this morning at CBC. We won't just be hearing from God's Word and then hope that people are encouraged in their heart, or possibly maybe somebody might be motivated into action, or maybe you might be comforted deep in your soul. But that's not all we're about today. Today, as I said, Pastor Ken has asked me to handle what we called at one church that I worked at, a body life function. So if you're visiting with us today, please take note that we are usually in a biblical passage doing an expository exegetical approach to scripture for worship. So I'm begging everyone's indulgence this morning. (laughs) We are slated to start the book of Acts later this month, but it's precisely because of that and what the book of Acts is demonstrating in the life of the church that makes today's topic, today's theme, significant for us, for you, for me, today. The New Testament church was experiencing huge transitions in the first century. The apostles and the disciples were given a message. That message was the message of the kingdom Now they were expected to carry out the mission of the kingdom that Jesus has taxed them with before he left them. And that's what Ken's going to be walking us through in the book of Acts. In fact, that message in particular is really clear in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, where it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In fact, last week, I don't know if you caught it, but Pastor Ken said that Acts is a book about living out the mission. So how appropriate then for us today to discuss this concept of mission. First, because we will be learning about the mission on Sunday mornings. But secondly, because really we are a church in transition, aren't we? My wife and I have been coming here for five years now, and we've seen a lot of changes just in those five years. And some of you long-timers can attest to more changes than I have seen. But you know, that's not to be unexpected in a church for changes to happen. The church is a living organism, and organisms grow and change and flux. But sometimes those changes can be unnerving. And they can even be disorienting and disconcerting to people. And so what we need as we go through changes as a church, we need to stay anchored. We need to stay on track to the task that the Lord has providentially directed us to. So we must stay true to our purpose. Would you agree? 
We must pay attention to what we're doing and not just do things. We do not want to be tossed about by emotional waves of our culture or driven by the urgency of some perceived needs. So this is where the idea of mission becomes important. What is it that we are on a mission for as a church? What is our purpose? What are we supposed to be doing? There's many distractions that get churches off track. Many things that distract us, even as Josh said this morning, distract us from worshiping God. So as soon as I start talking about this concept of mission, there's a phenomenon that I know occurs, several phenomena that I know occur. Some of you will feel a sense of confusion between the distinctions that I'm gonna lay out before you. Even though we must proclaim these different topics that cause some of that confusion in our thinking, it's still gonna be confusing. Others of you this morning are starting to already click off. (laughs) Oh no, he's gonna talk about that. (laughs) And we click off the interest button because Somehow it seems to us that it's not relevant to my daily Christianity, my daily walk, and my private relationship with the Lord. And then there's others that I know are out there. I read some articles this week even. Many who say that we should not even talk this way about the church and our participation in it because when we do that, it institutionalizes the church and it cripples us. It leaves us fastened to some sort of ideal. And that ideal will frustrate and hamper the Holy Spirit. So I get it, I understand what's going on out there. But this is something that elders felt was important that we need to bring this up, but why? Why would we need to bring up such thoughts as mission or vision to you on a Sunday morning? When you think about it, is there any precedent for incorporating strategies and values that drive and produce a church's mission? Do we see that in scripture? I trust that by the time I'm finished today that you will feel the gravity and the seriousness that having a mission and vision for CBC takes on for you and for me. I also know that I will produce many more questions this morning than I'll answer. And these will be questions for you to ponder. But I trust that the questions that we will ponder together as we move forward will be on a higher plane in the grand scheme of things. So now that I have your attention, let's lay out the topic in detail for you. First of all, for you that are regular attendees, get out your bulletin. Even visitors, you can get out your bulletin. Look at the front cover. Did any of you notice that today's bulletin 
that the cover's different than what it usually is? Usually on the front cover, we have some five, five statements. Did you know that that's what's usually on the cover? And what are those five statements? Last year at this time, Ken took us through those five statements. Do you remember what those are? Do you know what we call those statements? You see them every week. What's usually on the front cover is what we call our value statements. Unfortunately, many of us confuse value statements with our mission or our purpose statements. But they're not the same thing. Our values and our mission are not the same thing. They're related. There's a relationship between one's values and one's purpose. If I don't value something, I'm not gonna do it. So I asked Donna to switch the cover for today. Today on the front, you have a mission statement that the elders have come together on and spent hours discussing. And this is the mission statement that we're putting forth to you today. So we want you to understand what a mission statement is. We want you to understand the difference between why we do what we do and what it is that we do. The values are why we do what we do. It's the motivation, it's the motivators. And so on your outline, value statements, there's parentheses there, you might wanna write in big letters the word why. Not the letter Y, the word why. So the values are why we do what we do, and the mission is what we are to be doing. But the, the values are what drive the mission. The values are what give us a reason to act. And these are often seen as convictions, ideals, standards, precepts, or even sometimes assumptions that we make. So we might ask when we're talking about values, Why does CBC exist? Why did you come here on Sunday morning? Why do we do what we do as a church and not do some of the things that we don't do as a church? As a family of believers, what is it that we really value? So let's just take a second. Do you think you can remember those five values that used to be on the bulletin cover? Do you know what the values are that we've put out as a church? I mean, these values were on there before I came, and I looked at them, and I go, these are great statements. I just don't want to confuse it with the mission. But here's just in summary what those statements are. First value is glorifying God. Second value is building up God's people. The third value is equipping God's people. The fourth value is caring for people. And the fifth value is reaching people with the gospel of Christ. Those are great values, aren't they? Those are the motivators. Those are the things of why we do what we do. It's interesting, though, 
that on the bulletin, usually there's this little floating statement above the values. And it says, we are an intergenerational, Bible-directed church with clear vision, seeing ourselves and others as Christ does. Now, just if I were the man on the street and I met you out the door and we were in conversation and I said to you, can you tell me what the vision is of CBC? Can you? I'm not sure I clearly understand what the vision of CBC is. And I've been coming here for five years. The statement goes on and says, we're seeing ourselves and others as Christ does. Do we really know how the community sees us? Do we know what they think we look like? What they think we are? Or do they just have this picture in their mind from something else, somewhere else, some experience that they had in their past, and they go, that's those people inside those walls doing that thing. Or is the vision clear? Let alone, do we know what Christ thinks of us? Do we know what Christ thinks of us, not just on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights, but throughout our week? As a body, as a, as a family. What is the vision? Can you state the mission of the church? Today, hopefully, we'll help you with that. How do other people see us? How does Christ see us? This is a concern to us as elders. And so I just want to reiterate that the value statements are the why statements. They're the things that drive and motivate us to action. The mission statement is the action. So here's a a line of thought. We'll take a value statement that Jesus made from Sermon on the Mount. It's in your outline. It comes from Matthew 5, verse 14. You are a light, a city on a hill. You're set up for all the world to see. Do you see the value statement that Jesus is making? He's equating with us as light. He values us and says, you are light. That's a value statement. What do you do with lights? Put them on a hill. Because it's valuable for people to have light. It helps people see. So there's a value statement there. We'll continue on with this thought as we talk about not just our values, but our mission, our vision, and what are some strategies that we lay out in light of our values. So let's move on to mission statements because Ken thoroughly got you entrenched in the values last year, right? So we want to talk about mission more today. So the parentheses in your outline by mission statement, you're going to write the big letters, the word what. Values is why, mission is what. What is it that we are supposed to accomplish? What is it that we are doing? This is a little more easy for us to understand because we have the example of Jesus Christ. Most people would agree that Jesus Christ was on a mission. We see that in the scriptures when it talks about him and in his own words when he talks about what it was that he was here to do. The first one in all the gospels we have these statements about Jesus' mission. The first one we have is Matthew 9, 13. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. In Mark 10, 45, 
Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In Luke 10, uh, Ken brought us this out for us going through Luke uh, 19.10, I'm sorry. He said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. In John 17.4, Jesus said, I glorified you on earth, talking about the Father, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. See, that's his mission, the work that he was given to do. He came to serve, to give his life as a ransom. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to call the sinners. That was his mission. But what about us? Do we have a mission? Usually in Christian circles, in church language, in church ease, we talk about the mission, and most people can come to an agreement or some sort of alignment that it's the Great Commission is the mission. And we have that in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And what's, the, what's our mission? Go and make disciples, right? Most people would agree to that. In Mark 16, 15, he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And in Luke 24, verses 46 through 48, he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And then in John 20, 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus is sending us on a mission to be his witnesses. That's the mission. The mission is what you are supposed to be accomplishing. It's what you're supposed to be doing. So in light of the the thought that we had of the value of being light, on a hill, what is our mission? Well, if we think of it in those terms of there's a hill and I need to get light up there, my mission is to be a hill climber. That's a mission that would fit that value. But not only just that I'm gonna climb a, a hill, I'm gonna climb that hill. Is that okay for me to make that distinction instead of that hill? Or maybe I can have a mission that can look a little bit different depending on where I'm at. The hills in Nebraska? (laughs) I think I'm about as high as they are right now. Versus the hills in Colorado? Would the mission look a little bit different depending on the setting and the situation? It could. It's going to align pretty closely to the Great Commission of making disciples of what Jesus is sending us to do, but I might be able to kind of adapt it to my particular situation. Therefore, we have some churches that have a particular mission statement that doesn't look the same as this mission statement over here. If you're Ryan Dobson and you're doing a church in downtown New York, it's going to be different than the mission statement of a church that's in Rejevec, Iceland, Right? but they're both gonna be about making disciples. 
So you can have a little leeway in how you flesh out this idea of mission, but the mission is to be about what are you doing? What are you supposed to be accomplishing? Whatever your mission statement is. And for us as hill climbers, we're climbing that hill. Hopefully that helps get a picture in your mind. The reason why I want you to have a picture in your mind, the reason why I'm using this hill climbing thing is because the next part's the hard part, and that's a vision. The vision statement in a little parentheses on your outline, you can write down the word, this is what slash when. It's closely related to the mission, but it's not the same. Both the vision and the mission are dealing with the end product. The values are dealing with what gets us going in the process, but the mission and the vision is dealing with the end product. It's focusing, when we talk about vision, we're talking about focusing. What is your vision for the church? What is your vision for CBC? Think about in your mind right now. If you were just to close your eyes and think about this for a few seconds, what do you think the church is gonna be in five years, 10 years, 20 years from now? That's what vision is dealing with. What do you see? It's a snap, snapshot picture of that hilltop. And going, when we get there, this is what it's going to look like. This is what's going to happen up there. They're going to put on cowboy hats and play banjos. Is that right, Jeff? Amen. Amen. <laughs> what does it look like? Most of our problems within the church come in when we have conflicting visions. Most of us can easily agree to the five value statements. I haven't heard anybody complain about those value statements on our bulletin yet. And most of us can agree about the basics of mission. But when it comes to vision, that's where most of our conflict comes in. But we must remember that a church is not vision-driven. So as we put forth to you today a vision, that's not what's driving us. What's driving us is our values. The vision is just there simply to help us stay focused on our mission. And you know what? It's okay to change or add your vision, add to your vision. That's what happens to us naturally, right? I mean, I got these things. I didn't always have these things on my eyes. I see things differently now. Depending on maybe we change our vision from our mission from that hill to this hill, our vision is going to be different. And so we have to be careful, but we do need to have a vision. In Habakkuk 2.2, as Habakkuk is having a kind of a struggling conversation with God about the people of Israel, and God's reprimanding the people of Israel, Habakkuk is encouraged to be a person who lives by faith. And we know that the righteous live by faith. What is faith? The assurance of things hoped for? The things that aren't seen? That's vision. It's what's not there? What do I hope is there? What's going to be there? It's looking forward. And he replies, the Lord replies to Habakkuk. He says, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Now don't miss this. If there's no vision, he's not going to run do what he's supposed to be doing. And so we throw out the cliche 
passage that everybody uses when we talk about vision. Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, he is happy. I like it better in a different translation. Um, it says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. So vision in the scripture is something that is useful for helping us stick to the mission and to accomplish that mission. When I see the vision, when I hear the vision, when I catch the vision, it makes me want to go and do what I'm supposed to do. See, the mission is a head thing. I get that, and I know that's why some people click off when we talk about it. The vision is the heart thing. They're both needed. They're both needed. They support each other. We have an example in the New Testament from Acts chapter seven, or six, verses one through seven, where the early church experienced this idea of having a vision and then working it out through their mission. And they used some strategies to accomplish that. But listen to what it says in Acts chapter six. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve, to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word, And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed, and laid hands on them. And catch this. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. You see, they had this vision of taking care of need that connected to their mission so that the mission was accomplished because of what they valued. They valued glorifying God, caring for people, building up people, reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. All those values came out when they decided we have this problem, let's make sure we're staying connected to our mission mission, and let's create a vision for how that's gonna happen. And then they stuck in there the strategies and went out and did it. And so going back to our light on the hill uh, example, the vision comes into play when we say, I'm a hill climber, that's my value. I'm gonna climb that hill, that's my mission. My vision is we will shine our lights on that hill. But not only that, we're gonna shine like the brightest star on that hill. That's a vision. That's a vision. The question is now, how am I gonna make that happen? And typically when we talk to people about putting a mission and vision into place, we put the cart before the horse and a lot of times what we do is we do this first. We start with the how and then we go back and talk about the why and the what, and the vision, and the when. And we have to be careful that 
We do this in this order so that our strategies are in line with what our mission is and in line with what our vision is. Otherwise, what we do drives what our mission is. What we do drives what we value. What we do drives our vision. Instead, our vision and our mission and our values should be driving what we do, don't you think? So, the fourth one box on your outline, strategies, you're gonna put in the word how, in big letters, the word how. And so, when we talk about strategies and the idea of this, this thought of being hill climbers, <clears throat> hill climbers set out for a goal. So how do they do that? Well, they prepare for the trek by having the right equipment. Depending on if I'm climbing a hill in Nebraska and climbing a hill in Colorado, I'm gonna have different equipment. Um, I'm gonna prepare. I'm gonna also train myself as a hill climber. I believe hill climbers should take care of their environment. So I'm gonna make sure that as I go along the way, I'm doing things that are pleasing God. And so these are all strategies. These are different things that we incorporate as we put into picture or put into place that picture that we have of CBC. Once we put into place the picture that we have of our mission and our vision, now the strategies make sense. Now the strategies can boost, bolster, give boost to my mission and visions. And I'm not doing the strategies for strategy's sake. I'm doing them purposefully. We will be better placed for accomplishing the goals that God has for us as a local body of believers. In your bulletin, you'll find the mission and vision statement. Uh, here it is. I think we even have the mission on the screen. The mission statement that the elders have come up with and are presenting to you, and we know it's not perfect. We know it can be changed, and, and there's little things here and there, but this is what we've come up with. We are a family of believers, inviting others to grow with us in an abundant relationship with Jesus Christ through our understanding of grace and truth, which glorifies God. We wrestled over that for hours, and we came up with that. Don't know if you want to pat us on the back or kick us in the rear, um, but that's it. We're presenting that to you today. This is now the mission statement of CBC. Then we have the vision statement, which takes the mission statement into chunks and explains to you what that looks like. What does that mission statement look like in your mind? And we're hoping that these statements for the vision statement help clarify what we mean when we say that family of believers. It helps you with the picture of what does it look like to grow an abundant relationship with Jesus Christ. It helps you understand what we're talking about when we say understanding truth. Whose truth? What truth? And so this is for you to take and put on your refrigerator, on your cabinet, somewhere, keep it in front of you and think about that. Because we know that you have thoughts and you have inputs and you have pictures of what the church should be like. Unfortunately, not all of us are visionary. Some of us are more visionary than others. But think about that. Write down on your own some things that you, how you picture the church in five years, 10 years, 20 years. What are you envisioning? And have conversations with us. What we wanna do 
And the reason why we're doing this today is we want to strategically deploy our resources. What do we have here? What has God given us? What are we capable of doing? We want to deploy our resources to accomplish the mission and the vision that is set before us. We want to strategically make decisions about how this can happen here. Sometimes it's not just what we do, but how we do it that is important to the Lord. So here when we talk about strategies, this is where our values and strategies, how we do things, tie in together to help us accomplish a mission and vision. So the values that determine not only our mission and vision, that also drive our strategies about what we're doing and what we will do. What will we do this next year? What will we do in five years? If I know, as a leader of the church, that you're aligned with our values and that you can embrace the mission of the church, then I know that you're going to want to do great things for the Lord with us here. You will be part of the process of forging our vision and our strategies. There's lots of different strategies. There's not necessarily all good and all bad when it comes to strategies. There's different strategies. For example, some churches have the strategy of focusing on homiletics. That would be preaching and teaching for transformation. Others focus on Hermeneutics, which would be teaching for education. Some churches have a strategy of being pulpit-driven discipleship groups, large group discipleship. Other churches have a strategy of focusing on mentoring, one-on-one discipleship. What are we going to be? How do we see ourselves? I encourage you to write down all sorts of ideas about what the church can be. That's what a visionary does. But we cannot get very far into accomplishing much in the way of a mission if we don't start communicating the mission. And so that's why we're here this morning. And I know I've just got your mind full of a bunch of questions now, but I'm hoping that you can see that there's four parts to us moving forward as a church as we go through transitions. And you will see those things in the early church in the book of Acts, especially in Acts chapter two, that they were committed to their mission, that they had a vision for what they were supposed to be doing. And then they took some strategies like in Acts chapter six and they put it all together. That's what we want for CBC. In closing, I wanna give you an example. Do you think that God is okay with us talking about mission, vision, values, strategies? John 3.16 is an excellent example of mission, vision, and values. And I just want to walk you through that as we come to the end of today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You find a lot of things in here. But first of all, we find a value statement 
the value statement, next slide. There we go. Is why we do what we do. So we ask that question about God. Why did God do what he did? Because he loved us. He values you. He values me. You see the value statement there? For God so loved. He starts off with a value statement. And the theme in John 3.16 is the theme of being motivated by love. And then there's, I think there's one more slide to that. Is there? Yeah, there we go. Theme of being motivated by love. And then there's also a mission statement in John 3.16. Did you know that? What's the mission in that verse? That whosoever might enjoy eternal life with God the Father. That loving relationship, he wants you to have that in eternity. That's the mission. He loved you so much that he wants you to be with him in eternity, if you would believe. So the mission statement is a theme of living with God in God's glory. Now how would I say I see a vision in John 3.16? I see the vision in the statement that whosoever believes in him. See, God was looking forward to the day when people would believe in his son Jesus Christ. And he can envision that. And he can say, my vision is that people will believe that I want to have them with me for eternity because I love them. And that was the vision. And that's the theme of trusting the manifestation of God's love. That's what Jesus was. He came to the earth and he was demonstrating the love of God for us and that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. That's the vision being played out with the mission. That's the connection to those two things. So the last thing we talk about is the strategies. What was the strategy that God used to accomplish this? Well, it's pretty simple for most of us who understand. It's he sent his son, right? That's a pretty easy no-brainer, Phil, come on. But there's usually more than one strategy that can be used or that plays into the big picture. The big picture is he sent his son, but there are a whole bunch of strategies that were used in sending his son. What were those strategies? The theme of strategies is God's provision for us. And as God provided for us, he did it this way. He sent himself in the flesh. That's a strategy. He sent himself as a baby. That was a strategy that nobody expected. He came as the son of man. He came as the great physician. He came as a servant. He came as a savior. He came as a lamb. He came as a lion. He came as a king. He came as a priest. He came as a prophet. He came as a sacrifice. Every single one of those things and more are strategies that God used to demonstrate his love for God so loved the world that he sent his son. To accomplish that whosoever will believe in him should not perish, have everlasting life. God knows all about mission, vision, and strategy. 
The question is, is, can we join in God's mission at CBC? Can we stay anchored? Or are we going to get tossed to and fro by the waves of our culture or the emotional needs that we have? Maybe you've never joined in the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ in your life. Today, you can be on that mission with him, with us. It starts by asking, how is Jesus here? And how can I get into the kingdom? The mission was to get people for Jesus Christ into the kingdom of God. He started first with his message. He came and preached the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom is here, he said. And the mission is to get you to be part of his kingdom. If you want to do that today, talk to somebody, talk to an elder, talk to a deacon, talk to a friend or a neighbor and say, that mission is what I want to be all about because I value what God thinks of me. And the one thing we know from today and John 3.16 is that God loves you. Amen.